This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I'm looking for durable competitive advantage. I'm looking for something that has a moat around it for a considerable period of time. And I'm looking for an... Um, honest and able management to run it because I don't know how to run it myself. Welcome to Get Started Investing, a podcast that will give you the confidence you need to start your investing journey. This is for anyone who wants to start investing but isn't really sure where to start. Our aim is to cover all of the basics and to make the markets accessible to you. My name is Bryce and as always, I am joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. Very excited for this third part of our three-part Get Started Investing with an Equity Mates community member series. Yes. And honestly, it's gone so well, I'm worried that I might get replaced here. <laughs> I'm not worried. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, Ren. It has been an enjoyable two episodes. And in this third episode of our series, Following the Journey of a Millennial Investor, we will be tying off the journey of uh, Rohan, who has joined us, thankfully, for the third and final time here in the studio. Well, maybe not final. Bro, good to have you here. How's the monitor going? Good to be here. The monitor's going really good. It's almost too big. <laughs> <laughs> really getting a glare off it. Rohan is the textbook example of someone who can have his cake and eat it too. He can both buy the monitor and the Apple Watch and also invest in stocks. So Rowie has taken a leap of faith through Comsec Pocket, entered the market for the very first time, as we said at the start, the final episode, where we'll be checking in on your portfolio performance, even though it's only been, what, a week? It has been about a week, yes. Yes, and we will be chatting about what is your plan from here and uh, any thoughts perhaps on what you might be buying over the next little while. So let's start at the top. You came in here with the ambition of making paper. <laughs> I, don't actually, I don't actually recall saying that. Uh, Maybe it was off air. Yeah, yeah. That, that's been a common <laughs> refrain from you over the last few years. <laughs> Remind us where we left off last week. Uh, where did we leave off last week? So I did the investments. We had yep. the world's first double investment, live double investment on a podcast. Yes, the double. I do recall now. Um, and it was so quick and easy. I think as you guys were doing your outro, I managed to uh, purchase my first two what, ETFs. You as a recap, I bought the Sustainability Leaders and the Global 100. Nice. Nice. So a week in, first question, how many times have you checked the app since? I have checked it. I know, it, like you said, don't check it every day, blah, blah, blah. No, that's fine. I've probably checked it maybe once every couple of days. Okay, okay. That's not bad. Have you been following what the market itself's doing? Loosely, very loosely. Every couple of days, how's it been? Have you been sweating anxiously as you pull out your phone and wondering where your money's gone? No, no. I think um, my fears have sort He's of been... cashed out already. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that after this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, my fears have sort of been eased, but the fact that, well, firstly, it's I didn't chuck in a huge sum. Yeah. And secondly, you know, it's the long-term view, blah, 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 all those ones. So, you know, Buffett didn't get rich 
overnight. Nice. You say that very dismissively, but it's good that you've internalized that. Oh, I tell myself that every morning as I'm looking in the mirror. It's a long game, right? <laughs> nice, nice. So my guess would be that uh, your portfolio is probably down given what's happened in the markets over the last few days. Am I correct in saying that? You are correct. Nice. Yes, yes. We're going to get into just how far down. Maybe if you're willing uh, to share. Maybe a percentage. If oh, you... a percentage for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to let everyone know I lost $300,000. <laughs> <laughs> All right, percentages, what are we talking? So overall, it's gone down 0.42%. Oh, no, sorry. No, that's not right. 0.17%. Total? Yeah, total. flat. Total. Really? It's, it's you've flat. lost. You've lost pretty much nothing. Yeah. I've lost pretty much nothing. Yeah. yeah so great. Wow. And that's three hundred thousand dollars. No, no. Must no. be <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, 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 no. To break it down further, uh, the sustainability leaders has gone down zero point two one, and the global one hundred has gone down zero point one five. Right. So really, I think nothing to be overly alarmed or concerned about. If you have a look at some of the fluctuations that have happened on the market. For some of those stocks individually, I reckon you would find that a lot of them are down a lot more than that. It's just by virtue of having an ETF that uh, it's, I guess, smoothed out those fluctuations somewhat. So Probably right. But uh, some of the companies that uh, make up those ETFs, I have high hopes for in the coming future. Absolutely. In the, in the, mm-hmm. Do you want to name and shame them? I don't. I don't I, 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 well, it wouldn't be shaming if I think they're going to do Well, they've good. gone down. Well, actually, I don't know if those specific companies that I have in mind have gone down. I haven't looked into it uh, in that much detail. I suppose that's something that I will start to do going forward. And uh, maybe you guys have me back in a year's time to yes. see to see how it's performed. Yes. Uh, we'll see how this uh, third episode goes first. <laughs> but yeah, I remain confident that it will go up at least a little bit. Maybe there's just blind optimism, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, Rowie. So that's a bit of a recap on how your portfolio is going. You made a good point, though. No real value in checking that and making sort of rash decisions on it. Long-term view. So what does it matter really right now? I think what we want to close this sort of episode with is what are your sort of thoughts and next steps from here? And do you have any sort of burning questions about perhaps how you're going to start building that portfolio Outside of those two ETFs, is it going to be something that you're going to put money into consistently every paycheck? Are you going to be looking at a different broker to start buying individual stocks? All right, slow down, Tiger. A lot of questions there. (laughs) Those are the sorts of things that I'm wondering, are you thinking about or... One of the points that I was thinking of um, that you just raised of putting more money in is, yeah, I was surprised at how easy it was to put money into the app and choose ETFs. So much so that I I think I have to be careful not to just keep pumping money in there, especially if I see it performing well, then I might be tempted to be like, oh, let's drop even more cash in there. Knowing how much you pump into Uber Eats, I think this would be a much better use of your money. <laughs> oh, coming from you, man. Anyway, anyway, interesting point there. What happens if you see it start going poorly? Do you reckon you'll put money in? Yeah, I still think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, like if something catastrophic happens and we're hit with the next GFC overnight, then no. But yeah, I will continue to put money into it. Uh, The second point was, will I start looking at other brokers? Yes. So one part of that point is the next step for me, the main next step is getting into investing in individual stocks, which was sort Mm of one of the main, it wasn't the end game, but one of the main points that I wanted to go for, come back to that whole like, you know, investing in what you know and all of that. What you think, you know, rather. And the second point would be like, what are the benefits or drawbacks of using some other brokers? 
no real drawbacks from using other brokers. I think Ren and I talk about it often, free to sign up to in most cases. You're not locked in. You just got to find one that works for your investing strategy. Yeah, I think so. Really, it's just a, access to a broader choice is the main thing. There's obviously different costs and mm. different functionalities and different resources and stuff with each broker. It depends on what your taste is. Like if you just want super cheap and, and you want to do all your research yourself, there will be one for you. Whereas if you want, you know, a guide through the whole thing, there'll or be... Or do you want charts or do you want like mm. financial data on the companies? All those sorts of things start to play in when you come to choosing a broker. Right. As in, do they present information and in what format exactly. do they present How it? much do they provide additional research from investment banks, for example? Like if you were to pay for a broker that is on the cheaper side, they're less likely to provide all those sort of add-ons compared to someone that, you know, you, you pay that sort of $20 per trade and they'll have supposedly a better offer in terms of additional research and those sorts mm. of things. They give you like the dates. The, the yeah. offer from Macquarie Bank and the offer from online only one like Superhero is going to be very different. Mm. And you sort of, in some ways, you get what you pay for in terms of all the extras. Most fundamental thing is that you're accessing the same market. So a lot of people get hung up on this next step, choosing a broker. Mm -hmm. But really, in a lot of ways, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. You buy a Commonwealth Bank share, whichever broker you buy it through, you own part of Commonwealth Bank. Okay. Next question, kind of dumb as well, is... No dumb question. So, <laughs> so in the Comsec app, it obviously is broken down into ETF units. If you were to buy like the individual stocks... Obviously, some stocks are like super expensive and you don't want to buy a full one. How does that work? It's a good question. The first thing to keep in mind is that the price of a share doesn't necessarily mean it's expensive or cheap in terms of what you're actually buying because that, you know, it, it depends on, you know, how many shares there are in the company and what the whole company is actually worth. But from a purely like actually buying a stock perspective, an Amazon share is like what, 300 Aussie dollars? Uh, sorry, 3,000 3, Aussie dollars at the moment. Like that's expensive to access just, you know, for an everyday investor. You're buying, you know, one or two shares at a time sort of thing. So can you, you can't buy like half a well, share. I was, I was getting to that. I was just coming off a Brett Lee length run up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can buy fractional shares. It's not really common for the ASX for Australian listed companies at the moment. I think. I think interactive brokers do offer it for the ASX, but there will be more coming in the coming years. But for Aussie investors, if you want to buy a fractional share of a US company, so your Amazons, your Apples, your Alphabets, all of that, Stake offer the ability to buy fractional shares. So you can do it. It's pretty new to the market, but it'll, it'll become more commonplace in the coming years, I, I expect. Okay. So say for arguments like, and I know this is the answer is going to vary based on like which brokers you use and so on and so forth. But if I wanted to buy a thousand dollars worth of shares spread across a couple of different companies, mm -hmm. what kind of fees on average would I be looking at? So generally speaking in Australia, as I said before, minimum $500 lots depending on your broker. So that's the first thing to consider. So you'd be splitting that thousand across your two trades, for example. And on average, I mean, taking into consideration what Ren and I pay for our brokerage, anywhere between 8 and $9.50 up to 
$10, depending if you want to spend over a thousand or not. That's kind of the ballpark. And that's for buy and sell. So it's a flat fee as opposed to a percentage of the if trade. If you start uh, going up yeah. to sort of $10,000 chunks. Oh, baby or, steps, baby steps. Yeah. At this level, sort of that $1,000 mark is generally where you'll find the lower end of the fees. These days, if you're paying more than 20 bucks a trade, you need to have a serious reason to do it. One thing to think about is how much is your brokerage as a percentage of your actual trade? So we try to keep your brokerage at less than 1%. And this I don't want to go too far into the weeds, but just think about what you're paying to actually get into that stock. Because if you pay 5% of your total trade in brokerage, you actually need that stock to go up 5% just to remain even. Yeah, gotcha. That's probably enough about individual stocks, unless you have any more questions. No, that's okay. We'll take them offline. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The two key concepts that we probably want to touch on in this episode are dollar cost averaging and then portfolio construction. And we probably just want to touch briefly on each of them. So I guess let's start with dollar cost averaging. Are you familiar with that term? I've heard you say it about a million times. <laughs> I think I get the general gist. Actually, no, I know what it means, but tell me what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. So basically, a lot of people, when they're new to investing, and uh, speaking personally, this was definitely me, you think of investing as needing to time the market, that you you need to wait until the, the price is low. You buy low, you sell high. Like that's That's the motto that is drilled into everyone's head about investing. That isn't the best way to grow wealth because timing the market is incredibly difficult. So unless you have the time and the ability and the patience to do it, you can grow wealth just by averaging into the market. And for a lot of people that are working nine to five jobs, saving a bit of money and looking to put it into a productive use, it's the best way to do it because it fits with your lifestyle. So rather than saving all your money in your bank account and then timing the marketing and putting it into the stock market at a particular time, just consistently putting money in every month, regardless of how the market is moving, means it averages out the price that you're buying at. So like, let's take an ETF that you're, you've bought, sustainability leaders. You know, It'll go up some months, it'll go down some months. Over the long term, it'll average up. Well, historically, you know, the markets have averaged up. And so rather than trying to pick the bottom, if you just put a little bit in every time you save it, it means that you'll sometimes buy high, you'll sometimes buy low, but over the long term, you'll average at sort of the average price. So do I need to do anything to that? Or is that just a general principle of you'll come out somewhat ahead? The example eventually? would be if you are just going to put in money once a month when you get paid and you do that every month for 12 months, that is dollar cost averaging. As okay. long as you're buying the same amount each time, in the same stock. Oh, I get it. Okay, so if you put in, say, the consistent figure every time over a consistent period of time, then you can expect an evening an out. Evening out. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. The tough challenge, I think, psychologically is to do that 
when the markets are falling because that's when you kind of try to play yourself in the markets and go, oh, it's falling. I might just wait a bit to see how this plays out. Well, inversely, does the principle still apply if, say, one month you put in a thousand and the next month you put in two thousand and the month after you put in eleven hundred? Not really from a theoretical point of view, because you're actually buying more of that when you buy two thousand compared to when you bought one. So the weighting of that purchase is greater. I'm a big fan of not letting perfection be the enemy of the good, oh, as both you, of you, you guys know. All the time. If, if you have two grand to put in one month because, you know, you didn't buy as much Uber Eats or you bought a smaller monitor or whatever, <laughs> uh, and then the next month you have less because, you know, you needed to buy new tyres for your cars or something, I don't know. That's fine. Just put in what, whatever you've saved. But the main principle that I think is really important for everyone's investing lives is consistency is key. And it's not about saving money in your bank account and trying to wait for the next GFC or like the perfect time to buy. It's just consistently putting it in historically has been shown is the best way to do it. Yeah, the stock market is the greatest wealth creation machine of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard all this. this I've heard this still. <laughs> hey, come on. That's my thing. <laughs> so that's a pretty simple concept to think about in terms of entering the market, I think worth considering, particularly if you get paid monthly or whatever it is. You, you get paid in cash or uh, Daily cash in hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then in turn, to close this out, I think constructing your portfolio there are a thousand ways to do this and a thousand things to think about. My comments would just be to start building a base with what you've got. And I like the idea of you then thinking about having a dabble in more individual stocks. I think if I was to think back to my journey when I first started, I went the other way, pretty much started trying to pick stocks and didn't work out very well. And now consolidating that sort of ETF base, I think if you try and go the other way, then there's a lot of advantage in that. Yeah. Let, let the experts sort of make the call for you. Yeah, well, there's products available now that take away the, the risks of you trying to pick lucky stocks and sort of hope for the best. And if you can build up what you've got there to sort of, you know, the tens of thousands, then putting a couple of grand on Apple or whatever it may be is sort of less risky than if you started out by putting all of your money on Apple and then seeing what happens. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my thing with portfolio construction, if you start with ETFs, is just if you're going to buy ETFs, for example, the Global 100 or even your sustainability ETF, the biggest companies in both of those ETFs, I would guess, and I haven't looked specifically, but I would guess would be the same. Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Google, I reckon would be probably the four biggest companies in both of those ETFs. And so if you're then going to buy individual stocks, it doesn't really make sense to then go and buy Apple, Microsoft, Amazon and Apple individually as well, because it's like you already own those through the ETF. And because they're so big in those ETFs, they're going to drive the performance of the ETF. Yeah. So it feels like you're buying more things, but really everything you own in your portfolio is going to move basically the same. It's going to be, be driven by those same companies. I think for me, when you're thinking about portfolio construction, but really just buying you know, your second, your third, your fourth thing, it's just about not buying the same thing over and over again in a different label or a different way. Here's my sort of thinking as I get deeper into this, because you know I'm relatively new to the game, I would think that the majority of my investments would be in ETFs and a small proportion would be in yep. me picking my like own that, stocks. Yeah. If I was to break it down into percentage splits, having still not done it yet, probably I'm thinking 
70-30, is that, is that a reasonable split or would you veer more on the side of caution and go 90-10 like 90 ETFs? So I think the first thing to say is that there's no golden rule and we don't have like a specific answer that we can give you. Like we can't give you advice on exactly how much money you should put in each. But I think you're legally bound not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but also like we aren't experts. Like we are just here to sort of share what we've learned and to, to facilitate your journey. But I think, you know, a lot of people that write about this sort of talk about 80-20 or 70-30. So I don't. Th- I think that's right in the range of, of a reasonable split. Personal question, what are your guys' splits? I would be 60-40, long-term holdings and then shorter-term investments. And my definition of long-term holdings isn't quite just ETFs and then individual stocks. Like in my like long-term section, I've got some Berkshire Hathaway, for example, Warren Buffett's company. But, but that's something that I expect to hold for decades to come. So I I class that in the same way that I class my ASX 200 ETF. And I own 14.92% individual stocks. Jeez, that's very specific. So uh, (laughs) do the maths on that. So you're going to, what, 75%, 85% is in ETFs. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I've classified uh, listed investments and like the Magellan as... Yeah, as long-term. As long-term, yeah. yeah. Well, not long-term, but uh, as more of a mixed approach rather than individual stocks. So yeah, 85, 15. 75.02. 75.02. No, you said 14.92. 14.92, yeah. Yeah, so So 85. 85. 85. Hey, that's all right. You're still learning. (laughs) I'm still learning. I'm still learning. 85. That's uh, very conservative from you. Yeah, well, as I said, recently I've just taken the approach of I'm just building my long term core portfolio hey you gotta live what we talk about on the podcast and that's what i said i'm yeah, doing yeah. yeah i'm just building that out consistently bang bang i've got a couple of rules when markets do things that i try and execute what that doesn't include though is my cash position so i don't know if you think about the whole piece in one but this is stocks only the takeaway from this is everyone has different risk appetites and so that's a really big driver of what that split should be but i think personally the most important thing to drive that split is how much time you can dedicate to it because the worst thing you could do is say i want to do like 50 50 and i want to own heaps of individual stocks and i want to be like you know i want to beat the market every year all that stuff if you don't have the time to do the research and actually buy good companies that will you know outperform if you don't have the time, there's nothing wrong with market average returns and being 100% ETF and just going about your day and doing other things that interest you. And just investing doesn't have to be a hobby. It doesn't have to be an interest. It can just be something that you do to make your money work for you. It doesn't have to be something you start a podcast about. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully we don't lose listeners because I just said that. But yeah, I think like, you know, if you want to watch six hours of English Premier League highlights a day and you never want to look at how the market's going, that's a perfectly reasonable way to live your life. But just don't have your money earning 0.5% interest in the bank. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, point taken, yeah, point yeah, taken. Yeah. The long and the short of it is we can't tell you what to do. But if you reckon 30% of your money is what you want to do, then yeah, that's reasonable. I'd also suggest trying to find a way to track it because if you are going to start doing uh, different portfolios and whatnot across different brokers, you might want a spreadsheet or something that just at least shows you what's going on. Get an Excel Um, going, yeah. Yeah, yeah. get an Excel going. 
Nice, Ro. Well, that kind of wraps up what we wanted to talk about. Any other sort of burning questions that you've got? This is the last time we're ever going to talk to you about stocks. So if you've got any <laughs> questions, you've got to ask them now. <laughs> when you say burning, it's like I'm stinging for these <laughs> questions. <laughs> Another thing is, can you explain to me, like, and explain like I'm five, shorting something? And I don't want a... 25 minutes. Right, I'll give you a 25 rant. I'll give you a 25 word or less answer. The investing that you're doing is long. You're betting the company will go up. Shorting is the opposite. You make money if the price goes down. Yeah, how? Cuz I've been watching billions with you. <laughs> <laughs> Very complicated to do as an everyday retail investor. Let's put it this way. It's not something you're going to be doing anytime soon. It's not something that I've ever done. I'm pretty confident it's not something Bryce has ever done. There's two ways to do it. You either borrow the stock or you trade options, neither of which we would suggest you even bother thinking about. That's more of an episode 37. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There are ETFs that are set up to short the market. So if you have a thesis that over the next year the market is likely to be lower than where it is now, you can buy ETFs that actually do that short position for you. So when the stocks go up, it'll go down, vice versa. Sorry, when the stocks go... No, you said it yeah, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But that's something that you will come across, I guess, if you're interested in it and want to do the research. They're easily available, but just buyer beware. Let me put it this way. Bryce, for years on this podcast, was incredibly bearish and that he thought the market was going to go down. And it didn't. It finally did. But you're fighting history if you're making a, a short bet on the whole market because over time it averages up because the world gets more productive, companies become more innovative, smart people do smart things and make money doing it. So honestly, you can live a long and happy life and you can make a lot of money in the markets, never having to worry about shorting anything. Mm. Yeah, Good to know. Thanks. Yeah. Might be one of those ones where I've got to like read into it separately. You would definitely have to read into <laughs> yeah. it before you did it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good wrap. It's been an enjoyable three episodes. Thank you for volunteering your time. I know that there was a bit of reluctance at the start, but I think the fact that you're in, up and running, looking forward to sort of seeing how it pans out over the next millennia. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> oh, so I'm so in. I know. And if, you, if your portfolio starts beating mine, there's going to be <laughs> some serious issues. But look, congrats, you're in. Uh, you got your share certificate in the mail. I did, I did, yes. Yes. Uh, Head uh, to our Instagram or Facebook to see a proud Rohan holding his share certificate up. Certified. Make sure you give it a make sure you give it a like and then maybe give him a Facebook store. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Serious privacy settings. He surprisingly is still single and ready to mingle. So (laughs) after the first episode, I'm shocked. I'm really shocked. But anyway, looking forward to seeing how your journey pans out from here, bro. And uh, thank you for coming on. Congrats on uh, starting the journey with Comsec Pocket. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for the encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to end it. Let's just cut it there. <laughs> you too, like Rowie, can start small with Comsec Pocket. You can download Comsec Pocket in the App Store or Play Store and get started today. So we'll leave it there. Hopefully, over the last three episodes, we've been able to, I guess, highlight how easy it is to take your first steps without needing to think about getting too in the detail with research and understanding too much about stocks and getting worried about what brokers to choose and all of those sort of barriers that people often face. Roe's done this in less than a matter of a couple of weeks. And as you can tell, there's a lot to learn, but as we've said on the show, Ren, it's all about taking the first step. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's circumstances are different. Uh, not everyone is Rowie, no matter how much he tells us that he is the everyman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, jump onto the Comsec Pocket website and read the PDS and make sure that product is right for you. 
if it's not right for you, there's a lot of other ways to get started. And from us, the main thing is getting started. That's it. Get started investing. Thanks for listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Get Started Investing is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances or goals. The hosts of Get Started Investing may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.